episode of Marketing Management and Money. I'm your host, Ryan Owens. I'm your host, Ryan Murray. This week, we will be diving into a financial concept of risk versus reward. Oh, love it. Yeah. This one's going to get spicy. <laughs> um, so this has been, uh, this has always been an interesting topic for me because uh, I've had the fortune the fortunate position to be able to sit back and watch a lot of these things happen in different businesses that I've worked with and, and have learned a lot of things with, uh, what not to do, I guess. Right. <laughs> oh, you know, it's so harsh when your best examples are bad examples. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, but you learn from them. Exactly. And again, I've, I've been fortunate enough to not have to, tread these waters with my own money. <laughs> but it's been great because uh, knowing what I know and, and working with the people that I work with, uh, it's been a really great opportunity for me to help some of these businesses avoid some of these terrible, terrible mistakes. What mm-hmm. can be grave uh, ultimately for, for a small business, right? And, and what I've found through my experience is when you start talking risk versus reward, the businesses that get it Oh man, they, they uh-huh. get it and, and, and yeah. it works well for them. The businesses that don't get it and they're like risk versus reward. What are you, what are you talking about? And I'm just like, Oh, okay. This is uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the 1930s, there was a, a saying that uh, it was interest. Dems that get it, get it. Dems that don't, don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's basically saying that if you understand interest, it flows to you. If you don't un- understand interest, you're paying it out. Yeah. And right. so, you know, as we talk about risk versus reward, how much are you risking to, you know, start your business, run your mm-hmm. business, keep doing your business day after day after day? And what is the reward that you're getting for that? Yeah. And, and more so a, a little bit further than that, it's more than just being aware of what risk you're taking. It's it's acknowledging and, and planning for the risk that you're willing to assume, right? You can calculate this. Yeah. What risk are you willing to take on? What are you willing to lose? What are you willing to sacrifice or give up in order to reach this objective, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I'd like to, if I can, if I can kind of get, uh, get into the numbers here for a second. Sure. I'd, I'd like to sort of spell out the risk versus reward metrics, and there really is a graph that's going on here. So if you picture on, you know, the uh, the one axis, you've got risk. On the other axis, you've got reward. And the concept is, as your risk increases, the reward should also increase. Mm-hmm. Now, usually this metrics is done in terms of percentage or return on investment percentage. And so if I take on risk, then the percentage of my money that I'm, you know, getting back from my investment should also increase. So let me put this into kind of some tangible steps so that our listeners understand what we're talking about here. Please. Uh, And I do have to apologize to some of our international listeners because I'm going to be using some very American examples. And so I I know that these, uh, I mean, this is is basic finance stuff. And so the concepts are going to hold true regardless of where you are. But I apologize that I'm only going to be using the American examples because, well, that's where I live and that's what I'm familiar with. And so, so hopefully that'll be okay. So 
the first thing that I like to look at is I like to look at the, uh, you know, kind of if you if you have a certificate of deposit, a CD, all right? A CD is kind of considered risk-free. There, it, it requires no real yeah. education, no understanding, no time to manage. Right. You just put your money in and... You know, you sign for that specific term and, 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 and yeah, and then you're going to get a, yeah. a return on that. But those returns are typically very low. 1%, 2%, 3%. You mm-hmm. might be getting five or 6% yeah, if interest if rates are high, yeah. you know, yeah. you're not seeing those rates now, but right. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I've seen where you get those kinds of rates off of a CD, but you know, they're FDIC insured. And mm-hmm. so you're saying, okay, at zero risk. I should be getting 3% off of my money. Yeah. And I get that we're talking entrepreneurship and most people are like, well, you know, I'm not looking to invest in a CD, but here's the thing. If your business is only producing a 3% return, then you are far exceeding the level of risk you should be taking for that amount of reward because your business is risky. You're risking your time. You're risking your expertise. A lot Mm -hmm. of times you've got collateral tied up in this. You might have your house on the line. You might have retirement funds tied up into it. Personal relationships. Oh yeah. There's a lot more than just money involved in the risk here. Uh Uh-huh. And so if I'm only getting a 3%, I'm like, well, wait a second. You could save yourself a lot of time, a lot of grief and get that 3% using another vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A really easy vehicle, you know? And so as we move up this kind of, uh, you know, the, uh, the line on the graph, as it were, is as, as, as your risk increases. So the next step that you would take would be a mutual fund. Mm -hmm. So again, mutual funds are considered pretty low risk. That's why people use them as a retirement fund is because it's pretty much guaranteed. Well, a mutual fund, you're getting typically 8 to 12%. Sure. And so, but it's tied with the market. And mm-hmm. so that thing's going to go up and down. A CD only goes up, but it only goes up at a rate right. of about 3%, whereas a mutual fund's going to go up at, you know, a rate of 8 to 12%, but one year it might actually go negative. You yeah. might, you know, so so there's well, some so risk. You, yeah, you look at your standard S&P 500 mm-hmm. over the course of a couple of years, like two or three years, you may see some of that, you know, high variability and look at that and be like, oh, I don't want to go there. But you look at that over the course of 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you're, it's pretty well established, established. Mm-hmm. that you're going to get that return on it. Right. It's, right. it's, it's like a CD in that sense. It's, it's not quite as secure, not quite as sure. There is more risk involved, but not FDIC insured. Right. But there is still that long, long track record of you invested for this long. This is what you can expect to get out of it kind yeah. of a thing. So, right? so think about this for a second. Okay. Let's go with, I'm going to just split the middle and put it at 10%, you know? Sure. And, uh, it's usually where I calculate it too. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if I'm looking at, I can put my money into a mutual fund and I can get 10% out of that. So yeah. think about how much people will invest into their business. Mm-hmm. What if I need $100,000 invested into my business? Well, if I took $100,000 and put it into a mutual fund, at the end of a year, I should have $110,000 with, again, very little effort, yep. very little risk, very little expertise. Mm-hmm. If I'm not hitting these kinds of numbers on my business, 
why am I doing it? I yeah. could take that same money, plug it into a mutual fund, sure. and I'm going to be just fine. Yeah. Right? So as you move up that risk versus reward spectrum, the uh, the higher risk, the next level is just directly into the stock market. You know, So mm. you've talked about going into the S&P 500. We've talked about mutual funds. Well, what if I want to just invest in specific stocks? I'm no right. longer as diversified. Yeah. You know, maybe I've excluded some bonds out of that. Maybe, you know, the, the real estate funds. And I'm just going right after those stocks. Well, mm -hmm. a good stock portfolio, you can get 20%. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, I can lose all my money. You know, yeah. I, I, I need to have higher expertise. It's going to take more time, you know, so that yeah. risk is going up and I'm starting to get higher returns where I would expect right. to see that 12 to 20%. It's kind mm -hmm. of that next gap on that, you know, on that spectrum. And you, and you say lose your money. Like this isn't like you wait a couple of years and it's coming back. Like it's gone. Yeah. Like this company crashed and burned <laughs> and there's ashes and rubble strewn across the roadway. Like mm -hmm. it's not coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've dabbled in some high risk stocks where I'm just like, okay, I'm either winning big <laughs> yeah. or, you yeah. know, yeah. see you later. And oftentimes on those high risk so stocks, it's like, oh, okay, well, mm -hmm. lesson learned, should not have invested in that one. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the risk is going up. We expect a higher reward sure. and that's at about 20%. Now we're starting to touch where, in my opinion, an entrepreneur could consider because- I'm going to tell you, the risk that you have in your business is still higher than the risk you have in a stock market. Stock market, sure. I've got all the prospectus. I've got all the history. I've mm -hmm. got all these analysts. I've got access to tools. This is a known tool, you know, right. a known process. And I would expect to get 20%. So if I'm getting into my own business and I'm not seeing an ROI of 30, 50, 100%, why yeah. am I doing this? Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. You're giving a lot of financial examples, but in entrepreneurship, you could go with a lower risk option, just like how mutual funds are lower risk than stocks. In entrepreneurship, you could yeah, go with something right. lower risk, like a franchise, right? Mm -hmm. Something that, that, yeah, you might pay a little bit more upfront to get into, but there already is that track record. It's already established. A lot of that risk is already trimmed out of it. They've shown that this is successful and that there is a map to to implement and do this right and it'll most likely take off. Right? Yeah, you know, and, and that's a really, really smart way to look at it. It I would kind of say that franchises are sort of the equivalent of mutual funds and starting your own business oh, yeah, is sort of the equivalent of like the stock market. Like yeah. A mutual fund, it's established. You have a fund manager who presumably has already done their research, mm -hmm. you know, kind of put it together for you. A franchise, you have, you know, the franchise owner who presumably has already done their research and put it together for you. Uh, can, can I deviate for just a couple minutes on sure. some interesting information about franchises? Oh, yeah, for sure. So franchises have a higher success rate than starting your own business. And if any of you guys out there are listening to this podcast that are maybe wanting to get into business, you might want to look at franchises. Now, typically you're going to pay, as you mentioned, you're going to pay a lot more for that franchise because part of what yeah. you're paying for is you're paying for their process. And their so, proven model. Yeah. And so they're going to want to get a little bit out of their franchise fees oh, yeah, for and sure. they want to make it happen. Right. 
but you're getting some security. You're getting some, uh, you know, some, some, some comfort in knowing that there is a high level of success. And it's interesting. So franchises that have been around for three years or less typically have about a 50% chance of success. So if it's a pretty new franchise model, mm-hmm. three years or less, you're looking at about a 50% chance of success. Franchises that have been around for 12 years or more, uh, they can have upwards of over 90% chance of success because yeah. that model is so dialed in. They've yeah. got a long history. They've got lots of stores and demographics to pull data from. They know how to do this correctly. Yeah. Well, and, and a lot of times you'll see that um, with that fee that you're paying up front, they are going to offer you training as well, right? Mm. Like you'll fly back east and or to the Midwest and do their <laughs> university and come back and you know exactly what you need to do. They literally give it to you. Right. This is how you do it. And you do this, you you can't mess it up. Yeah. However, you've got to keep in mind, so you, they're going to do that training. They're going to tell you how to market. Now, here's a, here's a cautionary. So I had a lady and she, uh, you know, she owned a franchise. It was a deli sandwich franchise, very well known uh, nationwide. And she was in one of my marketing trainings. And as we were going through and talking about different marketing strategies, she started getting really frustrated. And I'm like, okay, what, what's the matter? And she's like, I'm not allowed to do any of this. What? Well, so the marketing was so dialed in that she was required to follow their marketing plan. Mm -hmm. And she was a little bit frustrated because she was trying to grow the business, but she wasn't allowed to. And you will oftentimes see within a franchise that they will require you to do certain promos discounts and you know you'll see this a lot in in the restaurant area where you might have to discount below your food costs yeah so you might lose money on the promotion but they're still going to require you to do it yeah i was going to say a lot of times those those programs those promotions or offerings they come at a cost to the franchise owner Mm -hmm. right or the franchisee yeah yeah and and so the, the pros and cons. I, sure. I'm not going to say that franchises are good or bad, or but it's important to understand on this scale of risk versus reward that a franchise is going to be lower on the risk, which also means lower on the reward. You're not going to take yeah. home as much pay, typically speaking, right? You know, there's right. always exceptions, but uh, you're not going to take home as much because you're, you've got to pay out for those you know, franchise fees. You've got to pay for what they are going to require. You've got to have you know, capital up front to get into the franchise. Yep. Uh, quality franchises, oftentimes they have a wait list or yeah. you know, limited selection. Mm-hmm. You know. But so lower risk, lower reward. Owning your own business, higher risk higher reward. And so that is a way to kind of mitigate if you're interested in entrepreneurship, but you're not quite ready to, you know, just invest all of your life savings into an unknown concept. It's like, ah, there's, there's a lot of really good franchise options out there at, at 
quite a, a spread of of uh, capital investment. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I was shocked when I started looking into how yeah. little it costs to get into. I mean, you you can get into certain franchise models for under ten grand. Yeah, I was gonna say a couple thousand bucks. Some yeah. of them are over a million. Right. You know, yeah. it's insane. Yeah. Over a million with a training, you know, extensive training process. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a guy once. Uh, he was actually presenting at an entrepreneur uh, series, and uh, he was looking at getting into a franchise. He quit his six-figure job yep. to, yeah. you know, to to take this training program uh-huh. to, you know, own a franchise. And he's like, yeah, scariest thing I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew a guy that, that did that as well with a, uh, I'm, I'm going to say it's a, it's a burger chain. It's not the burger chain you're thinking of, but um, <laughs> he did that with a burger chain and same thing. So he had, he had to quit this really prestigious job and leave his family and go do like, this training. Like leave his well, family? Well, not like, <laughs> they didn't like export him to, Kazakhstan, but, but yeah, like he had to go away for a couple of months to do this training and and then come back and then get this thing off the ground. He said the same thing. He's like, it was terrifying. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Kind of crazy. So let's, let's bring this in. I mean, we sort of, we sort of deviated and talked about some franchises (laughs) there for a minute and and I think that's some good information, but really we're trying to hone in on this risk versus reward, this ROI. Yeah. And I think that there's something that we really ought to cover before we wrap up with uh, with this week's episode, and that is understanding that you can't fully calculate return on investment without understanding the concept of present value of cash flows. Yeah. And, and so let's take a second and let's just talk sure. briefly, high level about present value. I mean, if you really want to get into this, there's right. a lot of great content oh, out yeah. there, uh, but we're going to just cover some, some essentials, some basics that you need to understand this concept and know that it's out there and it is affecting your business in terms of ROI. Yeah. If this is something that as we're talking and it, and it kind of resonates with you, by all means, take a look into it because it, it can add some significant value to your small business yeah. in terms of your knowledge and being, being able to operate up op- correctly, optimally. <laughs> so we're to operate optimally. Operate wow. optimally. So, um, g- g- give pres- us a definition. Yeah. Present value is just a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. Right? So let me give an example. If you want to invest say $10,000 into your business and with the hopes of getting twenty thousand dollars in a year or so, sure, um, you know that's that's a pretty good investment over the course of a year, right? right? That's awesome. So if but if you extend that same investment out and instead of getting that back in a year, you say you get that back in five years, then it's all of a sudden it becomes not a great investment because of the time that it took you to get that investment back, right? A lot of people think that the money is money, and that well, you're like, hey, I doubled my money but you're not taking into account the, the time factor. And that's a really important piece of the concept of present value is that um, you need to take that into consideration because think of if you doubled your money every year over the course of those five years, you're going to be a whole lot more money than $20,000 at the end of five years, right? right? Right, And so when you invest in your business, you need to also take that into account. That's the, that's the concept of present value. Right. And, and so when we're looking at this idea of risk versus reward, a risk factor is time. 
Yeah. How, how long am I going without my money? How long does it take me to get something out of my investment? And and so it's really important, as you were talking about with, you know, that present value calculation. And, you know, you could get really technical. Oh, and yeah. You can calculate present value. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, there, there's, uh, and, and the calculations aren't too hard. If you, uh, you know, your spreadsheet analysis will do it. Uh, financial calculators will do it. I mean, shoot, your phone will do it. And right. so it's not hard to calculate, but it's not as important for you to do the calculation as it is for you to understand the concept behind it. And I think that's really all we want our listeners to know is that the longer you're without the money, the more risk you're putting into your business. And because you're adding risk, you need to increase the reward. Yep, absolutely. So with that, we're going to wrap up today. Uh, we hope you learned a lot. It was, it was a great conversation. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at MMM Small Biz. That's at MMM Small Biz. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Okay. We'll look for you then. Mm-hmm.